It's Friday. Splash Play is back. We're going to wish up some of our favorite trades we would like to see in the NFL spags. Yeah, and I told Pete, I, no Halloween costumes today, but here I am. I couldn't help myself. Welcome to the family, guys. We're going to do well, – no, we're not doing that bit today, but we are going to do some fantasy football trades that could benefit everybody out there. We're also going to do an underdog battle royale draft and ride or die picks. The hot takes for week eight. They're coming right after this intro, and they've been hitting every week. And I'm going to show Pete what happened last week right after this as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the flagship edition here on Fridays with me, Chris Spags, and your pal Pete Overzet. Make sure you're following the show at Splash Play Pod. Of course, please, I got to hit the neon flashing lights as I always do in the beginning here. Subscribe, like, and comment down below. Helps us out a bunch here as we try to reshape the channel, get some new valuable things out there with Pete being a big Sirius XM man five days a week doing two hours of shows on there. This channel keeps on thriving and surviving, Pete, as I'm honestly on one of my best DFS heaters in a while, and you razzed me on Twitter. Twitter on Monday, Pete, for my 500K first place victory for a brief moment in the second quarter. <laughs> Do you want to no, shit on me for that? Yeah, I get to shit on you for two reasons. And it's it's not even that you were just chasing engagement. Like, I'm so beyond that. It was like, you can't, you're going to mush yourself. Like, you can't yeah. mush yourself that early. Clearly, that lineup isn't going to win if you post it on Twitter there, Spags, which is why you posted it in the first place because you knew you weren't going to have that screenshot equity. But I think what the play is, Spags, you can't mush yourself. You take the screenshot so you have the $500,000 on there, and then you tweet it out after the game. I, I don't think you can do the real-time mush. Well, so like it wasn't a mush. It honestly is that so like my whole process and it really was spurred on, I think, by some of your jam to win videos. As always is the case in my life. I watch Pete content, then I get really obsessed with it, try to get good at it, try to get better than Pete it, end up failing miserably along the way. But I've been really trying to get contrarian lineups out there, especially for showdown, because I felt like I've been running pretty well with it this year. So that was really more what it was. Is like I was excited I had an unduped lineup. I was excited I figured something out in terms of a process. Um, actually, that particular slate, Pete, what I determined was that. I was doing the exact same thing Ricky D did, your lulls friend. He did that for 150 lineups. That's why I lost and he won. But ultimately, like, I was happy with the process. That was what I was showing off. And, of course, it gets misconstrued by the Pete's out there, all the other ne'er-do-wells. No, no, get, get out of here, Spags. You're trying to spin this. There are dupe calculators. You can go pull up and show your portfolio of lineups and say, hey, look, everyone, I had sub-five dupes on my 150 set. No, you were screenshotting a 500K lineup. That's what you were doing. It, well, honestly, I think you you think I have more intent to this where for me it was just legitimate like, wow, I'm in first place for 500k and it's undupe. Pretty crazy, huh, guys? Fact, don't even try to pretend like you're some naive guy and it's your first day on the internet, not understanding how screenshots and engagement and all of this work. I mean, who is it? It's uh, J-Back over at the War Rooms. What's his his site called? I mean, this guy made, yeah, he, you know, he he uh, invented the early screenshot. That's a, that's a marketing tool, Spags. I see right through your bullshit see i i honestly i will be completely honest here with you pete with the audience out there who i care so much about i'm doing the content here every day trying to bridge 
the gap with the world out there of YouTube. I really did not think about it at all. I was just like, oh, this is pretty cool. And like, I'm just trying to get out there more, try to tweet more. Cause I get like so much social anxiety from tweeting from, uh, from my Barstool days in particular. Obviously we all know how that went down, but just in general, like how that would go with that audience yeah. and them being toxic and Twitter in general, we all know people just like relish and misery on there. But uh, that's sort of where I'm just trying to get up. I'm trying to get back up on the stage more. Cause I have to start promoting for probably for this show, for anything else I do. So that's more what the logic was, Pete. It wasn't about any equity. It wasn't about trying to engagement farm. It was just about trying to share my journey right. with people. Let, let's 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 dig into this a little bit more. Okay. I think it has to do. I think it has to do with kind of the tone and kind of how you frame it. Here, let me put this up on the screen. I, I want to punch up okay. this tweet. Great for you here. Wait. wait. Okay, so this is where. God, I hate this so much. It'd be cool if this held on to win, but I'm mostly just impressed I built an unduped lineup. Like, you're trying to do the aw shucks. I'm winning 500K and the I'm process an was guy. good. I'm not like Mr. Big Swag. <laughs> I run shows. I talk a lot, but I'm just like, at the end of the day, I'm just a guy having fun playing DFS and betting. Okay, I will give you credit for not doing the typical early screenshot, which is the stop the count. Stop the count now. Someone in the games. Uh, So I went, but I just... I need a different caption. You are allowed to do this tweet. I just need a different caption than the naive What's padding the on the caption, back. Pete? All right. This is the correct caption here. Spags is in $500,000. Um, $500,000. We do have the splash play avatar up, which is, I mean, that is a huge marketing mm-hmm. win. People will come to our paywall. Yeah. They're going to get our projections. <laughs> they're going to yeah. get our, our optimizer. Right. Here's the caption. How many How many lineups did you have, Spags? Uh, 20 I put in a... All right, so here's the caption. If you had 20 lineups, you'd be shipping in the second quarter as well. <laughs> that's the caption. See, but that's like so granular for me. It's just like, oh, like, oh, shucks. I'm just playing DFS. Happens I know, phones. and I'm rejecting this aw shucks bullshit when you do exactly what you're doing. You're, you know what? This is the equivalent of Spag. This is the equivalent of the hot girl posting a selfie where she's smoking hot but like wearing glasses and she goes, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> I'm such a nerd. Ooh, I made an undo flight up that's winning 500k. I feel like that's more uh your your good pal big T and run here where they're like, I don't even look at data, I just make lineups, buddy. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm such I guess I'm just a nerd, huh? I didn't even realize. <laughs> While having a partnership with Saber Sim. <laughs> that also wasn't a bad big T impression, if I'm being honest. I mean, it's it's not too hard. <laughs> All right, we got a lot to get into here besides my tweets, guys. So make sure you hit the like button again. Please follow at Chris Bax. Follow at Peter Overzet. Follow at Splash Play Pod. Some news, Pete, though. A lot of news out there. Jamar Chase out for Monday Night Football versus Cleveland. This broke after I did my live stream yesterday. Seems like he's headed to IR for a month or more. I think you had it as four to six weeks in the Fantasy Life newsletter. Seems not great, but I, I think, Pete, you know, redacted, he's what, as you say, for me, best ball is what I'll say. Um, I got to say, this looks pretty good for the T Higgins love we had all offseason. I think this is a really big moment for us. So sucks for you guys. Sucks for Jamar Chase. Sucks to see a star player go out. But boy, those T Higgins bags are getting pretty heavy, I feel like. Yeah, I went like I can't even I, I honestly I'm not joking. I haven't even once been like, oh, yes, this is great for T Higgins. I've just been too depressed um, between the Brees Hall stuff. I mean, when you go if we're going to do the redacted thing, like even starting back with Trey Lance, like going Trey Lance. Brees Hall and Jamar Chase were probably three of my biggest stands, like, like in drafts, you know, there was kind of the whole thing in the off season of like, should Jamar Chase be included in that top five? And some people were taking Eckler over him and yada, yada. I mean, I, I was hammering Jamar Chase and he was also the guy, I believe 
and this was happening in your drafts too, right? Where he was like sliding to pick one, seven, one, eight, mm -hmm. one, nine in some of those late drafts. And like, I was always scooping that up. So yeah, I can't even enjoy whatever bump T Higgins and Tyler Boyd are going to get. It's just a bummer. Although there has been some like weird reporting about it. Like someone was in my mentions. Cause I did say on Twitter that if he's back in less than four weeks, I'll play pickleball, even though I fucking hate pickleball. So, but then someone was like, Oh no, he's going to be back. The coach said he's fine. He might even play through it. And then there was the uh, Kelsey Conway had on Twitter. I'll share this tweet, which was um, pretty hilarious here. She says, from the sources I spoke with about Jamar Chase's hip injury, the reason the timeline is so up in the air regarding his return is that the team hopes because of his physical makeup, Jamar's hip will heal faster than the average person. <laughs> he's I mean, built different. He's, he's, he's literally built different, built different is, uh, is why he could come back early. So who knows? Maybe, maybe he will uh, be back. Also, very funny subplot to all of this. The counselor is calling Jamar Chase a fraud in a bus because 20-year-olds shouldn't have hip issues is oh. the counselor uh, line here. So that's the guy who you're on the CMC take with. I mean, maybe he is built differently and that 20-year-old shouldn't have hip issues. So that's <laughs> he's built different. No, it's a it's a downer, I have to say. Like anytime we're losing talent um overall in the league, like especially with how low the scoring has been. Like I know in the again, the fantasy life newsletter I was reading it right before the show, James Wynn wrote up there's only four games over a 43 and a half point total this week. So scoring has been down is actually the lowest scoring season, I believe, since 2010, is what they had on the uh Amazon Prime feed yesterday. But in this spot, like Jamar Chase being out, you know, like if he's this superstar receiver, which we know he is. I don't think you rush him back out there. I think you let him feel 100%. Like, you don't need to play through it. You have T. Higgins. You have Tyler Boyd. You have Hayden Hurst and Joe Mixon for this reason. Like, what? I and mean, I'm saying this obviously completely biased towards T. Higgins, but also, like, why would you risk this commodity knowing that alpha receivers, you can do what Jamar Chase does? Like, that's the best advantage you have in the league. Yeah. No. It, and, I mean, the bank, I think what kills, too, is that they had just kind of gone back to what they did during their Super Bowl run, which was the super high pass rate over expectation, kind of abandoning this establishing it offense with Joe Mixon, where he's been very inefficient. It was like, holy cow, this is we're ready for blast off with this passing game again. And now you remove Jamar Chase from it. And obviously T Higgins is capable of being an alpha. Tyler Boyd's capable of stepping up and being a rock solid number two, but just the sky high ceiling outcomes that you could see with this offense are just completely gone for however long Jamar Chase is out. Speaking of sky high outcomes going away, <laughs> boy, actually really good play on words. Kadarius Tony traded to the Chiefs for third and sixth round picks. Sky Moore seemingly shunts it down the rotation now. Cole Hardman has his best game in a while. Honestly, has looked like the best Chiefs receiver in some games this year. Um, he also could be going down the depth chart. But how are you feeling about Kadarius Tony now, Pete, coming to the Chiefs core that didn't feel like the time for this trade with MVS and, and Juju having their best games in the last few weeks and Cole Hardman as well. Uh, but they're doing it. They're getting more talent in the chiefs, certainly gearing up for a super bowl run where they just pants the Niners in a major way on Sunday. Um, what do you think about this trade? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I think, I feel like I've seen more people who are trying to like poke holes in it or whatever, or say, you know, how this could go wrong. And it's like, Obviously, this could go wrong. I mean, the alternative was a lost season for Kadarius Tony, where he literally does nothing the whole season. He's now saying he's completely healthy, which would imply that the Giants were basically just soft benching him and he was never going to play. So I don't know how you don't spin this as a win. You went from a lost season to a change of scenery with the best quarterback in football. Like, I just don't know how you can't be excited about this. There's certainly ranges of outcomes where this fails. Like, Kadarius Tony just is a head case. He never does anything to earn playing time on the field. But 
the intent of what the Chiefs did here, acknowledging they need another playmaker behind Travis Kelsey. Like, I, I think you have to be excited. And it's with enough time that, sure, it might take some time for him to get acclimated. But by week 14, week 15, when it matters, like, this could be really, really fun. Yeah, I think that is sort of, if you did invest in him early on in the offseason and your drafts out there, certainly a guy that for week 17 going to be as live as anybody, even though it is going to be tough to imagine him getting on the field for a full burn, but the talent is there for sure. Of course, our guy Zeke in the chat, Zeke in the chat, our guy Willis in the chat, of course, talking about Zeke. Their brand so merged together. Ezekiel Elliott looks like he's going to be out for the week versus the Bears. Tony Pollard's ownership sky high and all the ownership projections out there. This is a big one, Pete, because we've wanted to see Tony Pollard get some work for a while. Zeke being out gives him that runway to do that there is still Kadri Allison on the roster still Malik Davis on the roster how do you feel about Tony Pollard this week as the unequivocal chalk yeah it what's crazy is you know just looking at the early batch of numbers as far as his ceiling projection his ownership and kind of the value you know relative to salary he's not you know massive value relative like you look at Kenneth Walker is basically the exact same play uh for 400 more um, with slightly less ownership. And you do have some other guys in there. I mean, Kamara is right there, same ceiling for 600 more. Um, and then you go a little lower, Ramondre, Damian Pierce, Mostert, only a few points ceiling less um, and cheaper. Uh, well, in the case of Mostert, Ramondre and Damian right there at 64 and 63. So it's one of those things where, do you think Tony Pollard ends up like Josh Jacobs chalk last week where he's a legit like 55 to 60%? And small stuff, or do you think all of this other value spreads it out and he kind of taps out at like 40%? I think Zeke, I think Tony Pollard and like Zeke has been such an inhibitor to Tony Pollard. The people are going to now be like, finally, I can play this guy I've loved for so long. And I think it's honestly hard to avoid him in terms of projection, in terms of the matchup for him going against a Bears team that misses a lot of tackles that we saw Ramondre Stevenson have a good game. And, you know, Tony Pollard is good. Like he avoids contact. Well, he gets good yards after contact numbers. Like he does all those things. So I think in the spy, like he's going to be 30 to 50% would be my thought. Um, but I think tournament wise, like, Dolphin two-man stacks and Tony Pollard are going to be in every lineup this weekend. And it's going to be, that's the choice you have to make. Do I find a way to get different with that? Or do I just take that on, you know, and, and go somewhere completely different? Yeah, it that will be interest. I was actually running optimals this morning just to see what is popping up. And, you know, Sam Ellinger is in all of the default optimals. If you do force uh, like a double stack and a bring back, you obviously start to get the Tua uh stuff but most it's actually projecting is a better value than waddle so if you don't put like the positional mm -hmm. restriction on it you'll get to a moster tyreek stuff there but yeah i i agree with you i do think if he if it didn't have like the matchup stuff i do think maybe pollard would be a little bit more in check but the bears have a bottom three rush defense uh brandon uh, Thorne has this as an offensive line, defensive line mismatch in favor of the Cowboys. Like you said, there's a general sexiness around Tony Pollard. All of us wish casting a full bell cow role here. He's only going to get probably one week of it. So yeah, I do think, I don't think he's Josh Jacobs level, like 55%, but I think he's probably like a 45% guy in, in most spots. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So definitely a, a key decision to make this weekend. Devontae Adams, Q tag on DFS. Science has been expected to play despite a bad flu. DK Metcalf also likely out. Marquise Goodwin reportedly taking the DK Metcalf role uh, for the team. Though Bo Melton, I saw surging up on underdog battle royale drafts. I don't know what that's really? all about. Yeah, he's like wow. 36 ADP. So he's getting drafted at least you know in some amount of drafts. Interesting. I had completely missed the Bo Melton steam.
Um, any other key news from you, Pete? Of course, you're calling everything for the Fantasy Life newsletter, lovingly putting it together for the people every day of the week. So uh, besides those Adams and Metcalf items, anything you want to bring to the people? Um, yeah, nothing too big on the news front. I mean, in general, we always have a few kind of injury things that we'll, uh, we'll have to monitor, but I think we, I think we hit on the big stuff. All right. We got to Pete. I feel like we'll take the one trade here. This guy's name is Chris. So we got to answer the question. Hey guys, wondering if you got any trade ideas for his team. 0.5 PPR, somehow five and two. He's got Hertz, Waddle, DJ Moore, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Andrew Steelen, Julio Jones, his benches, Pacheco, Taysom, Eno, Murray, Dobbs, and Knox. Uh, what would you do for this team, Pete? I feel like, once again, this team strikes me as I don't get how these players are drafting all these guys in leagues out there, but what would you do to shore this one up? Ah, oh, man, I'm not supposed to be doing Sirius XM radio for uh, for another 45 minutes here. Uh, what are you, if you got... See, it's... I'll be completely honest. I'm happy to answer like specific questions. It is really hard to just like vomit your team into the chat and be like, make it better. Like, can you ask, like, can you give me a concrete trade offer you're considering? Uh, and then we can say yes or no. I honestly don't know what to do with that spec. Hey, how about trades? Morning, gents. Quick question. <laughs> Full PPR, sit one. Alave, ATN, Devonta Smith. Also with the chase news, Judy or Boyd. Thanks and good luck this week. Um, I think you have to sit De Devonta Smith. Right now, I mean, yeah. the Olave ETN floor ceiling combo is just so insane. Obviously, Devonta Smith has a 30 burger in his range of outcomes, but he also could put up five um, in a game where they're massive favorites. So I do think you probably have to sit him. Uh, Judy or Boyd? I mean, give me Boyd at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, Boyd is basically the same thing as Jerry Judy with a better quarterback. You know, the wide receiver too, better quarterback, better offense right now, probably better game environment. Uh, I think it's Boyd. All right, there we go. And then here, Willis pointing out, of course, he's our accountant. He's got to keep us honest, getting you ready for your two hours on Sirius. Uh, the either or is, Pete, the most fun part of creating populist content out there. We all know that. I honestly don't mind it. They're normally layups. Uh, but the, the one of the my entire team, that one, I was like, my brain is hurting from this. Well, at Stochastic, you know, when back when I was there, when it was in the Osmo days, uh, we would get so many either or questions that they made a tool just to answer either ors, only for people to still to come in on the YouTube chat, the YouTube chat every day and ask either or questions. So you could just they'll go check the projections and people won't do that, even though that's the easiest thing you can do. Honestly, I will say, Spags, it's it's extremely bullish for this show. I don't know what your solo streams if you've been getting this but the fact i mean we're getting i i know i mean chris mike uh lure in the chat are you guys is this your first time watching the show i mean the fact that they found it's because i feel like our typical core audience isn't asking us start sick mm -hmm. questions they're saying you know pretend like you're a horny old lady like that's generally what they want <laughs> so i just want to know where all this is coming from i mean maybe we're growing spags we have hacked the algorithm and we are now in the mainstream fantasy ether well, I didn't update you on this, P, but we did finally get our, our AdSense verified by Google this week, and I think we were getting a little bit of an algorithmic penalty from the channel move plus that stuff, uh, AdSense being off. Super Chats are back on, by the way, guys. If you want to oh. drop some Super Chats in there, you want to get your trade questions answered, that's the way to do that. Uh, but yeah, I've been trying yeah, I've been trying to keep this going here. Of course, if you're only watching the flagship shows with me and Pete, first of all, that's the right choice. I completely get that. So come back every 10 a.m. on Fridays. Me and Pete will be here doing that. And then, of course, Monday now, Wednesday and Thursday, I'm doing shows 2 p.m. every day, sometimes competing with Pete, but I just had to choose a time. Um, so watch Pete's show. Come over, hang out with me. Wednesdays will be an NBA day here on the channel, but otherwise doing a lot to keep this channel afloat. And Pete, actually, I had a lot of fun doing tier maker rankings on the Monday show where I've done my my panic, no panic thing. And now I'm just doing tier maker. Tier maker is delightful. Tier maker is a very like a content creator's dream. 
Yeah, I've. I mean, that's. Uh, I've seen those on Twitter. Have you? Did you take it to Twitter too? Because those do incredible engagement. Oh, I guess numbers. I should do it on Twitter. No, I basically just dragged them around on the show because it took me so long to figure out like how to set it up the right way and get it yeah. presentable on the screen. After you browbeat me so much, now I have to make sure all the production looks good on the show, um, in a positive way. And uh, I would say for Tier Maker, I haven't even scratched the surface of what I can do, but boy, I, I want to get there, Pete. Tier Maker is the easiest content you can make. <laughs> Uh, shout out to Lunchable Connoisseur here. Uh, you did bully him into a $9.99 super chat. Spags is in fact a real person. Do you know who I haven't heard about in a long time, Spags? Your uh, Splash Play fan weed dealer, uh, a recurring character here on the show I haven't heard brought up in a while. Uh, he's actually, he texts me sometimes. I, we were supposed to hang out at one point, but honestly, like, I just don't have the bandwidth to do anything <laughs> besides. I'm too busy making that. fucking tears and screenshotting my, uh, my no, early he, show. He's got his own life. He's got his friends and family out there, but also, you know, Alex got a medical card, so I'd have to bother him for weed anymore. So that kind of, you know, certainly. <laughs> oh, took that'll, that'll really uh, <laughs> crush a relationship right there. But, but a lovely human being who I enjoy texting with from time to time. So, uh, you know, I got to hang out at some point, but you know, it's Eagle season. So that's, that's a tough one to get in on. It's fantasy football trade season though, Pete. Of course we talked about a few that have gone in the league. So what we're going to do here before we get into our underdog battle royale, the week eight rider die picks. And people are now bending over backwards again to their lineups. We're going to do three rounds of trades that we can propose for the NFL that'll have fantasy football ramifications, things we would like to see personally. And Pete, I know you're going to be a lot more altruistic with this one than I'm going to be. So I'll let you have the first overall pick. Yeah. And I'd say, I think the goal for these is to be, you know, within reason, right? Like within the realm of something realistic that could happen. So guys that have either been in trade rumors or you could see logically, you know, a rebuilding team and then also teams that would actually need stuff. Like let's not just do, um, I don't know. I can't even think of what would be a oh, good one. Well, you're ruining my idea then, but we'll, we'll see how you Okay, go. no, it's just being like <laughs> Derek Henry to the Chiefs. Like let's just not do stuff that uh, wouldn't ever happen. Um, I think the number one logical trade and it has been talked about, I think even specifically, but in the 101, I will take Jerry Judy to the Giants because mm. to me, it is still like I understand Kadarius Tony fell out of favor, but this is like a good team. Like it's not like a team that was one and six. I mean, they're six and one, and their biggest need right now are playmakers on offense outside of Barkley and Wondell Robinson. I think Judy would be the perfect fit there after they lost Sterling Shepard this season, Galladay a bust. I would love for them for this stretch run to have another great wide receiver. Okay, so I went a different direction with my pre-show thoughts on this one. I uh -oh. think a trade that would benefit everybody, one that gives us some security for a team that's been on the rise, that wants to run the ball, that wants to take the air out of the ball. Let's trade David Montgomery to the Giants. Back him up with Saquon. Let's get a timeshare going in New York. Let's run the ball heavy is... there. And let's let Khalil Herbert get out there. Like I knew that's... Spags, okay, I don't mind if you want to pump your Khalil Herbert bags. I don't even mind saying David Montgomery, but let's not do him going to be a backup to Barkley. They're not giving anything up with that. Do a team that would actually need a running back. Okay, okay, so here's a guy running hot this year, certainly a big part of his team's game plan. What if we were to move Josh Jacobs over to the no. Kansas City Chiefs, an interdivisional trade, a rare no. one, to secure the bag for the Chiefs and get Samir White out there? Give him that Josh Jacobs workload. Let's see what happens. Spag, you're tilting me. You're tilting the chat. I literally set up this segment of saying within reason. I gave an outlandish example, and you proceeded to give outlandish trades. I'm trying to give actual things here. You're killing me. Well, those are my two trades, Pete. I think they'd be great for everybody. I think they'd benefit the overall ecosystem. That's what, that's what I have for the people. This is I'm I'm so tilted right now. Um, let's do let's do 
let's do a realistic Kareem Hunt one. I mean, I will say this. Kareem Hunt to the Bills, right? These guys have been hunting for a pass catching back. They were in the CMC trade rumors. They brought in JD McKissick. They don't seem to like James Cook. I mean, James Cook might just be to the Bills what Sky Moore is to the Chiefs, uh, a missed pick that they don't believe in. Kareem Hunt on the Bills would immediately become extremely fun. Okay, I agree with that one, and I like you saying hunting for a running back. It's how you've been spending some time in the mainstream media lately with those guys. That was honestly completely an accident. Uh-oh, Josh, I think this is the time to sell high on Geno Smith. I think there's, we've seen enough for the Seattle Seahawks this year. They have the future of Kenneth Walker there. DK Metcalf just went down. Get what you can for Geno, and let's see what the young upstart behind him has to do. I'm so – I mean, this segment just turning into Spags, just pushing his, like, dirty agenda – on his, on his takes here. I mean, it's disgusting. All I right, will yeah. give you Khalil Herbert, like free that man. Uh, okay. How about him. this one? What if we were to do a little bit of a coach trade? Let's say, let's do something a little bit inventive out there. Let's send anybody in the Kansas city chief staffs to Atlanta for Arthur Smith. And let's just see what Drake London and Kyle Pitts do with that situation. Maybe Tyler Algier too. I don't know, Pete, it feels like the Falcons could use a shakeup. I will also say this is going to be a Tyler Algier week, by the way. Uh, but yes, Arthur Smith, a coach trade. Let's trade Arthur Smith to the XFL. Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was gonna, I wasn't even gonna be that nice. I was gonna say like some slum in Puerto Rico. Uh, like let's just let's just get him out of the NFL. Let me let me come up with one more fun one here. Okay. I feel like the Ravens to me are kind of like under. This is, but this is the divisional trade would never happen. Let's do, let's do Elijah Moore to the Ravens. Tell me Ooh. that would not be fun, man. But honestly, like I, it was weird with the Bateman stuff. I know he's hurt yesterday, but him and Andrews also being hurt. Demarcus Robinson being useful all of a sudden, getting the most targets in that game. I mean, Duvernay, I think, ended up scoring a little bit more. It might have been close, but like the Ravens are just a baffling team with what they're doing. And they feel like they're like the giants, you know, you could certainly watch them week after week. They're cobbling things together. The Ravens to me, I think are cobbling things together as hard as anybody. So you could trade any star receiver there. And it probably would be somebody they can get some use out of. I got one more within reason. One that would be absolutely sick. So Mike Williams is going to be out anywhere four plus weeks. Who knows? Maybe it takes longer. They Keenan Allen, who knows what the fuck is up with that guy. Josh Palmer is a dust ball chase Claypool to the chargers. How fun would that be? We get Justin Herbert, a legit deep threat. While Mike Williams is back, he can still play alongside him when he returns. That sounds fun. I think also, uh, if I were going to be serious about one, which doesn't help me. Yeah, I would, I would like you to be serious about just one. Brandon Cooks going to the Chargers, I think would be pretty yeah. good too. Somebody to get the ball downfield. They could use him either way. Um, we'll see what Josh Palmer has for the next few weeks, potentially. I guess we have the bye coming up. Keenan Allen maybe gets healthy, gets back out there. But Palmer, I think, was a guy that coming into the season, I thought could be the the one-for-one fill-in for Williams, could be the one-for-one fill-in for Allen. He hasn't really done either. Showed some flashes here and there. But I think Brandon Cooks, like, what is the point of him being on the Texans right now besides keeping that team close to 500 in a way that they don't need to be? Um, so Cooks going anywhere. Like the Packers, too, I think. Josh saying here, Elijah Moore to the Packers. Like, send Cooks to any team that just needs a receiver because what is he doing? What is the point of his existence on the Texans? yeah uh that one would make a ton of sense uh oh yeah cooks to the browns to get back with watson i'm sure i'm sure he would be lovely <laughs> lovely very excited to be hanging out and be complicit with the sean watson's activities once again. <laughs> i was gonna say like do those former qb wide receiver connection narratives work uh if you're uh <laughs> if you're deshaun watson i don't know if those narratives hold up
All right, so you made somebody, Lunchable Connoisseur, you made him happy. He sends in the super chat. You're trading Chase Claypool for him, so good. I'm glad we could do that. But there we go. It's trade season in the NFL, so we'll see if anything else comes up that's interesting. But one thing that's interesting to me, Pete, every single week is playing Underdog Battle Royales. And, of course, people can join us on there. Use the promo code SPLASH. I don't know if you'll agree with this branding, Pete, that I've come up with for the Battle Royales, but I think they're the perfect shitter game. And you're an underdog investor, so you could either approve this or not. But I feel like it's the game where you just go in, go into a toilet wherever you want to go, get a draft done, feel good about it. And one thing that jumped out to me, I was listening to the underdog uh, stats versus film show that Josh and Hayden do over there. Of course, both guys have been on Splash Play, do a tremendous job. And if you're going to really watch any YouTube channel besides this one, that one's up there with any of them. And I would say what they were talking about with underdog and the Battle Royale that stood out, the guy who won last week, it was his first Battle Royale draft ever. Yeah. He put in one entry. He won 50K. There's no better proof of concept to what I felt like with this format where it hasn't been figured out. You can build your cashy lineups. You can build your easy stacks, whatever. You can build the DFS plays you're doing anywhere else. At the end of the day, anybody can win this tournament right now because it hasn't been figured out. I think that's what makes it the most fun. Yeah, and I, I mean, the field can definitely get sharper, but I don't think it will it will ever be solved in that kind of way right it, and there it is just it's a it's a much uh i don't know i'd say you kind of would be equivalent to almost showdown too right where you can build lineups that are more plus ev and you can avoid duplication but there is still so much randomness and volatility that it will give someone with a single bullet a shot to win which is very fun you can see it's a 250K guaranteed prize pool, 50K up top, $5 the first place. Let's jump in it now. Pete and I will do a draft. And then Justin here in the chat giving the, the vouch, the proof of concept we look for. Never did a battle royale before yesterday. Now I'm addicted. And Michael here saying, Pete already talking himself out of politics. Excited to see that cope on Monday morning. Is this you now uh, making what? bad plays just to give yourself content, Pete? Address this concern from the chat. I don't think Michael knows what the word cope uh, means. Cope for a player I absolutely love and have tons of. Uh, yes, I would absolutely hate to see Tony Pollard do well. Uh, I don't think cope is the right word there. Uh, Robert asking, can it be a porta potty or a straight shitter? Here's the thing about underdog. It's for the common man, especially if you use that promo code splash. So yeah, porta potties shitting in an alley. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are, play an underdog battle royale. Give yourself a chance to win. Hey, can I just tell you something? So I was trying to enter the same draft as you so we could both be in the same draft, and yet your fetching took so long that Willis and I ended up in an overflow draft here. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, you'll get to know. You'll get to get the lay of the land before we hop into ours. I I thought we were – I didn't know we were doing it. You didn't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to time it up, but uh, your, you know, your computer was playing fetch. <laughs> the dog never came back. I was playing some fetch. Of course, playing fetch on underdog. The best thing you can do with that promo code splash, which I'm going to pull the banner up here. Uh, Pete got my first check from underdog recently, so I'm excited that we're wow. <laughs> converting at least a few subs out there. Wow, nice. Yeah, no big deal. The, coming right from your investor pocketbook, I'm sure. Yeah, I actually had to write the direct check. I said, let me <laughs> let me write these ones to spend. Let me write this sweet two-figure check. <laughs> <laughs> converting ones and ones of signups here but no please play on underdog it is genuinely though like i would say if you're gonna use your money like this site you know has advantage you no know, stochastics can pump in the bags of a lot and because like they have overlay like ridiculous amounts of overlay but really if you are a casual player like it's fun playing on DraftKings, fun playing on FanDuel, all those your best shot to win money is on like an underdog or no house advantage i think I, pete i don't know if you feel differently about that obviously you don't need to give away free ads but i feel like that's where you should play if you really want to invest your time yeah, and I'll give I'll give a plug. Um, I've been so the past couple of weeks I've been trying to get out in front of the early underdog pick'em lines and comparing them to some of the projections that are out early in the week, and then kind of round robining 
the various uh, values. And I've been sharing those for people who are YouTube members on my channel for in the uh, hand builders and opto bros been sharing those early. Um, and, you know, you can be as aggressive as you want, you know, you could do the best values in just two in a slip, or you can, you know, go for that, uh, the 20 X, uh, boost, uh, with five. And so, yeah, I had a profitable week there and I'm, I'm ready to start offsetting some of my DFS losses by, uh, <laughs> grinding these pickums early in the week. Yeah, and Jonathan here in the chat, the most important thing you do, honestly, if you're new to DFS, if there's a tournament out there with overlay, just drop, drop some lineups in there because basically it means that the site is putting in more money than they're getting out of it, and that's always going to be a positive plus EV play for you as long as you're building lineups that have some sort of shot to win. Uh, but let's go. We got two picks in a row here. I don't normally love the 6-7 spot, but some nice plays. Devontae Adams here. Josh Jacobs getting steamed up, which I don't think is the right move against New Orleans personally. I mean, I would definitely take Jalen Hurts at 1-6 here. I mean, by far yeah. the quarterback with the biggest ceiling on this slate. Do we want to single stack it with A.J. Brown? Because I feel like this pairing probably doesn't fall a lot. Um, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you do. I I, I got that pairing the very first draft I did this week. I, I think it was real early. It was on like Tuesday or something. I got the, the Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, because Jalen Hurts normally doesn't slide that fall, but you can get A.J. Brown in the mm. mid-second. So it's not a super unique pairing, but it definitely could be a pairing that you need. Yeah, it's unique for our spot. It's not unique overall from what I've seen from doing some drafts. And it is a nice, worth pointing out, nice matchup this week for A.J. Brown uh, going against a man defense or a team that plays a lot of man uh, with the Steelers. They've been uh, pretty bad against man. A.J. Brown does his best against man, as you might expect from a big-bodied guy who takes slants to the house. So I think fits the football logic as well. Um, any plays for underdog battle royales, Pete, that you're jamming in at the end of the drafts just to give people one of those low-owned dart throws that could actually pay off? Um... I will say that I'm normally getting weird with my last pick. I mean, I think it's obviously a week to get weird at tight end. I mean, it's always a week to get uh, <laughs> to get weird at tight end. Um, I've honestly, I haven't done enough of these uh, yet this week to have one. I mean, I always it's I think it's always interesting to look at some of like the DFS chalk that aren't getting drafted in these like Drake London is honestly one of those who he's going to actually be fairly popular in DFS just because of his price. Um, and he's a guy that's not getting drafted in these if you want to, you know, stomach the Arthur Smith experience. So I don't know, I'm gonna have to rip off more of these before I have firm takes. How about Kyle Pitts? Huh? <laughs> he's not getting well, drafted very often and he's coming up on an optimizer quite a bit. Well, that's what I said. If you force an optimizer with like, you know, blended ceiling projections and you force a double stack with a bring back, all of them are Mariota. <laughs> like yeah. that because DJ Moore is a nice value this week too. And so that, that that's what pops up everywhere and it feels so gross. I will say for me in Battle Royales, I've been taking a lot of Irv Smith this week. I think the matchup does yeah. portend well. They've shut down wide receiver ones a lot. So underneath throws going to Irv Smith feels like a nice play of him uh, being the 35 range, which means he's getting drafted sometimes, but not all the time. Yeah, I like that call. That's another one, too, of, you know, Irv is going to be popular in DFS, but not getting drafted in uh, in a lot of these. I like Kirk Cousins' du uh, double stacks in these, too. Seem nice. Yeah, Dan, that was what I think the logic was for the guy who won last week, was that he had Joe Burrow, had Jamar Chase, and was just like, I guess I'll just take a double stack with a guy who's not on the board. And that was how we got to Tyler Boyd. So something to keep in mind with that guy's process. Um, we got Taylor, we got Kittle, we got Olave, we got Amon Ra. Uh, which of these is the most appealing to you? I feel like for me, it'd be Olave or Amonra, but I, I was going to say the same too. either Olave or Amonra, probably a little easier to get unique with Olave just because uh, what I'm building right now, I think is a very chalky thing, which is the two uh, Tyreek Waddle Amonra 
Um, I'm going to have to figure out how to get unique after that. Do we want a Hertz double stack? Because I bet that doesn't happen very often. I think if I did it, I would prefer to do it with tight end than Devonta. Um, so with so Goddard. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Sorry, with Goddard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do that. So we got Hertz, AJ Brown, Olave, Goddard. I think nobody will do a double stack with Hertz, so I don't mind that. That was, I think, what the logic of what won yesterday in the showdown for Thursday Night Football. And again, I'm like tracking this really obsessively because I feel like I've I've made some breakthroughs. So the person did a double stack, or I think actually it was a triple stack with Lamar yesterday. Nobody's playing triple stacks with Lamar at captain. And I think in a, this kind of format in Battle Royale, people will take that single stack with Hertz and go like, I can't take another guy. But if somehow this game does shoot out or just they just blow out Pittsburgh in a meaningful way, you could see you know Brown and Goddard get there and or at least be enough in a weak tight end week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they have such a large implied team total and you definitely don't have to force a bring back with it, uh, with Pittsburgh. I think you can do a Pickens or, or Najee if you really uh, hated yourself, but it's not <laughs> mandatory. <laughs> Yeah, Josh saying Harrison Bryant. Harrison Bryant yep. wouldn't be on the Battle Royale slate, but for the Monday one, I'm sure he's getting drafted. People, a lot of steam on Harrison Bryant. I, uh, Silva and Levitan had like a whole segment like so, talking about how great he is being a Mackey Award winner, all this stuff, and they think he's going to pick up a lot of the Njoku production. So for Monday night, yeah, like I think Harrison Bryant's probably a very good play. Yeah. Oh, I should also mention, um, and Spags, I know you've done the Badge Bros show. Uh, we're now hosting them in the Deposit Kingdom. They are going to be doing some just discord hangs uh on fridays i got to touch base with them on the exact time but if you guys are in the deposit kingdom discord it's just going to be in one of the video channels and you know just screen share some drafts uh have a little friday afternoon late afternoon cocktail and do some battle royales talk a little strat so anyone who wants to join for that is welcome this afternoon yeah, they're, they're really focused on underdog in a way that I think is smart for them content-wise, but also for you guys out there, if you enjoy these drafts, like go hang with people who are spending a lot of time trying to get better at it, take the data. Guys who also have sharp backgrounds like those three guys do. Um, so I think that's certainly a, a badge bro show. Good pickup by you, Peter. Are you getting a cut of the get a little, get a little, little beak wetting from those guys now? Um, as far as I know, they are not cash flow positive, so uh, I am not <laughs> getting my beak wet. Oh, sad. What you're, you're ready though. You're priming them. You're grooming them now. <laughs> to get your beak wet. <laughs> no, I just have a large discord warehouse with empty flats inside <laughs> that I'm happy to rent out to smart, funny people. Tony Pollard. Uh, yeah. And yes. the, and Jonathan Taylor. This is a nice value for Taylor. Sure. Okay. I like, I don't, uh, the two running back builds have been winning enough in Battle Royale where it's not my preferred build style, but it seems like it's hitting every week, so I'm just trying to mentally block it out and not take another receiver. But Taylor going at 31 with a 1580p, that yeah. feels like a play that made us very unique. Yeah, it is, and it is crazy. I mean, looking at this slate, so I see him with the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh highest ceiling projection, or eighth, actually. So, I mean, it's not insane that he's going this far uh, down here, but... I don't mind it at all. Yeah, that's a weird. I have not seen Pollard fall to the fifth very often either. So that's a, actually a nice pickup there. I like this team. It's gonna be funny if this is what wins us some money. Though actually, we do have a couple best ball teams, Pete, that are looking pretty lively. Uh, with that, we have branded as splash play ones. So uh, something to watch over the next eight weeks, so over the next entire length of the season that we've had so far. That's my hope. Is that I I haven't um, hawked my teams yet. I'm sure. I'm hopefully we have a splash play one in there, but. I, I want to happen to me what I did to Eric Bime for last year, which mm -hmm. was heading into week 16. And he's like, I don't have any more teams. He said something on Twitter, like, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm bowing out, you know, none of my teams advanced to week uh, 16. And I said, not so fast, sir. The team we drafted on stream did. And uh, little did it, he know it went on to a, 
to finish top 10. So that's what I'm hoping for, Spags, that you'll just ping me at some point and be like, oh, by the way, Pete, we're live for $2 million. I genuinely think I'm very live to win the million on DraftKings. Like, I I, I will say that now. Obviously, a lot wow. can happen. There's Post the screenshot. I made a unique team. <laughs> so here's the thing that's fucked up. So it's a team that I drafted on stream on one of the Fridays. And it's actually a team that our pal Josh, who has been on the show before, you might have seen his nipples doing uh, <laughs> doing the treadmill on a stream before. He made me draft Geno Smith in that one. And it's not Geno that's propping it up. It's the rest of the build. But point being, that one has an ungodly amount of points on DraftKings. I'm up 200 on second place. Like, I, It's going to be deeply upsetting if I win on DraftKings and not underdogs, to be completely honest. Um, <laughs> yeah, it will be because... You are meaningless to DraftKings as we all are. <laughs> but I'll take their million dollars, guys. Either way, ride or die picks. No money on the line here. Just pride as Pete and I compete week after week in this one. You can see the total scores here. Of course, we are playing for Hail Marys every time out. We are not this incompetent. It's taking straight bets. As some of the other people out there, you'll see touting their success rates. No, we tout the inverse here. Pete is 15 and 78 on the year. I'm 19 and 74. I won week seven because Pete, look at this tour de force. Four 10-pointers in a week. You hit a very respectable two. Let me see your four because these were probably ones I got too soft on, and I'm going to tighten that shit up today. Alan Lazard, 2X Romeo Dubs' DK points is a 10-pointer for me. I should not allow that. Keep going. (laughs) Did we both get 10s in this game? Uh, no, this, yeah, this one with, uh, Jacoby Brissett, you got outscoring Lamar Jackson. I got Rashad Bateman outscoring Mark Andrews. Both were a 10 for us. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Josh Jacobs over 31 DK. God, that was such bullshit. His projection was 21. No, I know. I know. And then you had George Kittle outscoring Travis Kelsey. I had McCole Hardman outscoring Travis Kelsey. Both of those hits. So we're making smart low probability plays, which I I think shows the growth of the show. I will give you the the best one you had there. McCole Hardman outscoring Travis Kelsey. That was a sick one. That that one uh, was good. So we're doing well on the year. So it's ride or die picks time, guys. So strap in here. And of course, Pete, explain the rules one more time for people that are confused by seeing us, A, touting terrible records, and B, touting these picks that are very outlandish. Wait, you're you're worried about people um, thinking that your your picks aren't sharp? Is that what you're, what well, you're saying? I just, you know, like, I, yeah, I'm sending out 500K screenshots. I got to have people know they're following a sharp here, as you can tell by my hat. Yeah, so with Ride or Die, Spags and I go through every single game, and there's only three different point levels that you can achieve when you make a selection from each game. It's a one-pointer, a three-pointer, a ten-pointer. Sometimes picks might be in between there. It might feel like a five or six. That doesn't exist, and so we have to haggle and find ground. A one-pointer is generally something that has a 50-50 chance of happening. could be a spread bet, two guys projected for the same amount of points, and you pick one side. Three-pointer, a little bit less likely. I'd say like a 33% chance of happening maybe a player with three points less projection outscoring another player and then the 10 pointer is the hail mary we normally benchmark it at say if you're going to take a 10 point underdog or a player projected to score less than 10 points than someone else or if they were to end up in the millie maker lineup etc those are 10 pointers and whoever tallies the most points at the end of the season has to do something that we have not established yet it has to make love to a pizza on a stream (laughs) Uh, combine some previous bits together. I guess the making love one we haven't done on the stream before. Sure. First game up. We're going to old London town, Pete. We got the Denver Broncos, 18.5 implied points. The Jacksonville Jaguars, 21 implied points. This one isn't on the main slate, Pete. So who'd you like as a showdown captain? Uh, let's see. I mean, give me Travis Etienne. I mean, Damn it, that was on. the one I was. <laughs> Should have let you go first to that one. It's a great yeah. showdown captain pick. Um, I will... 
I'll go with high knees Russell Wilson, who is going to be playing this week's <laughs> showdown winning captain. Very illogical that's going to happen, but Travis Etienne is the pick you want, I would think. Uh, yeah, thank you for... I'll let you go first on the Sunday Night Football one to uh, to get even. All right, so the first game on the main slate, the one that's going to matter a lot for everybody out there, Miami, 27.5 implied points, Detroit, 24 implied points. I will say again, I'm running the optimizers trying to see what the core parts of what every build are going to be according to projections that are out there. You're going to get Miami Dolphin sacks. You're going to get Tony Pollard, so keep that in mind. Pete, what do you want in this game that is the only game with a 50-point total or more in this uh, this week's slate? Will you give me 10 points if DeAndre Swift outscores Tyree Kill? Um, it's 10 point or 12.2 on stochastic for Swift's projection, 22.9 for Tyree Kill. So yeah, that's right in line. All right, I'm doing it. Um, all right, I will go, I will say, Pete, a four-man. Wait, four-man? Is that right? Yeah. A four-man onslaught of this game wins a million dollars this week. That's a 10-pointer. Okay, so just I, any four players from this game? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking it's a 3-1 Miami build, but I think, the, I think the part that people won't do is really loading up on this game, and I feel like this is the one where if you're going to get different, like I think you put in two pass catchers from Miami with Mostert and then bring back Amon Ra, and that's, that's what I'm thinking specifically. I'll give you four from quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end. I'm not including defense in this. Okay, that's fine. I'm also OG Mansfield saying that was an Australian accent. Pete, I know you're an accent master. Australian accents come up at the end. They go like, hey, are you talking like this? You like there's like an up at the end. I know that. It's not that's not British. No, you just did a British person trying to do an Australian <laughs> accent. While dressed like an Italian. So we're yeah, <laughs> something for everybody here. Arizona, 22.8 implied points. Minnesota, 26.3 implied points. Looks like a lot of ownership going to DeAndre Hopkins. Good amount going to Justin Jefferson. I'm due to go first in this one. I will say Irv Smith. I see a 9.3 fantasy point projection, Pete. I think Irv Smith gets over 20 fantasy points in this game. Irv Smith over 20 is definitely uh, a 10-pointer. I will give you that. Um, to me... To me, this feels like a Dalvin Cook game. You know what I'll just say? I'll just say Dalvin Cook in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Okay, that's an interesting one. I like that. Uh, certainly Arizona giving up some run uh, some run production on the year overall. Dustin, by the way, real hot. This is like a 30-pointer. Gasicki outscores Hill and Waddle. I don't think that's going to happen against Detroit, who is egregiously bad at downfield passes, but it could happen. It could happen. Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible. Uh, that, that's I, the one where the entire field is sad if Gasicki were to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gasicki probably is a pretty good leverage play. If like if all of Waddle, Hill, and Moster are super high owned and you're like, how could that game go well but you have those touchdowns stolen from them? It, it probably has to be Gasicki. Also, shout out Johannes, who's in the room. Hi, guys. I just need to point this out because YouTube algorithm Pete says that a woman has never watched a piece of our content the entire time the Splashboy channel has existed. So based on Avatar, here's Johannes, who's been here a few I, times. I've seen Johannes uh, around. She's a she's a reg. She's she's not a, a paid actor. Yeah, we support the ladies here in the chat. It's ladies night here on Splashplay. Las Vegas, 25.3. I don't know why that made me laugh. I apologize. 25.3 applied points. <laughs> New Orleans, 24.3 applied points. What do you want in the Dome, Pete, Vegas, and Nolens? Um, I mean, it has to – Darren Waller has to do something at some point, right? Is he projected to play this week? I don't think so. I think it's still Adams. <sighs> Jeez. Um, 
let's see here. I will do. You have what do you have Josh Jacobs projected for? Seeing him from stochastic at 20.7. I personally have him at 21.5. All right. Will you give me 10 points, Josh Jacobs, under 10 points? Ooh, I like that play, but yeah, that's a 10-pointer. That is a 10-pointer. Um, all right. Can I leverage against that somehow? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, over. Th- I'll give you. You want to run it back uh, over 30 points? Oh, no. I just don't think it's the matchup here. So here's one thing I'll point out with Waller, too. Apparently, the tight end defense for New Orleans, best in the league, uh, 52% DVOA in- increase to tight end. So something to keep in mind there. That certainly can regress the mean a little bit, especially when it is at such an extreme. But a Waller might be a, a bad play even if he's in. I'll say Devontae Adams over 30. I'm seeing a 20 fantasy point projection for him. Is that is that a 10-pointer? Mm, I see it at 20.9. You, you got to go all allow by the letter of the law over 31. Okay. I accept that. Devontae Adams over 31 for a 10 pointer. That seems fair. Uh, okay. This is a fun one, Pete. Carolina, 18.5 implied points. Atlanta, 22.5 implied points. Atlanta, egregiously bad on defense. One of the highest EPA marks in terms of success rate, uh, in terms of dropbacks, in terms of rushing, um, in terms of throws underneath 20 plus yards or underneath 20 yards, rather. Uh, the kind of throws PJ Walker likes to take advantage of. Chalky DJ Moore, what do you want? I am going to leverage your personal brand. Uh, I want a 10-pointer Tyler Algier over 20 points. Ooh, wow. Okay. Under 5% projected ownership for Algier. That would be a very good play if so. I'm going to go on the other side, though. These plays could actually work together. PJ Walker stack. Uh, what's the point threshold? Him and DJ Moore. I've already used my Millie Maker one, so I don't want to use another one. Um, Walker and Moore over 40 fantasy points. I'm seeing them combined at 30. That's exactly what I was going to say. I would okay. say they would have to combine over 40. Okay, there we go. I appreciate that. And I will take that. PJ Walker, I think, is in a nice spot. And I'm excited to see him get a chance. Him beating Tom Brady was one of those things that was like kind of a big deal. Like an XFL guy beating the greatest NFL quarterback of all time is, is crazy to think about. That was one of the props that I was absolutely hammering uh, earlier on underdog was this PJ Walker line. I believe at one point it was at 164 passing yards. You could look at every projection system, the blitz ETR. So everyone had it well over that. So I am heavily exposed to PJ Walker having a somewhat decent game here, which sounds like a very painful sweat, but, but here we are. Yeah, a lot of positive signs from Carolina with how they're acting towards P.J. Walker. Chicago, 16.5 implied points. Dallas, 26 implied points. Kind of surprising after Justin Fields had such a good game against Bill Belichick. But what do you want in this game, Pete, with Chicago and Dallas? Um, I am going – I want to do something with C.D. Lamb flop lag here. Um, is it a 10-pointer if CeeDee Lamb's the highest-scoring player in this game, including the quarterbacks, obviously including Tony Pollard and uh, the Chicago running backs? It's not relative to projections, but I'll give it to you because it feels like it's just not how the public will think about it. But I'm seeing Lamb of a 15.4 fantasy point projection, and Pollard's got 22, so you should have to beat Pollard by three, but I'll give it to you because it's Halloween, and it's kind of it, it's, it. The thing that makes it, I think, a 10-pointer, obviously, if it was just for Pollard, it would be a three-pointer. Probably, but you're going against Prescott, Fields, and Montgomery slash Herbert as well. What are you seeing for Tony Pollard's projection? Because Stochastic has him at 22, and I want a Pollard prop. Yeah, I, I uh, ETR and Blitz have a ceiling around 27. 
Is seal okay? So we're I thought we were just going against median projections, not ceiling. Oh, we can. Uh, okay. I see twenty-one uh, aggregate right now for mine. All right, so I'll say over thirty-one and a half fantasy points for Tony Pollard. I'll give you that. Okay, I think this is. I think he's one of those plays that we've seen now with Jacobs and Ramondre, where I think he gets there. Just too many touches vacated by Zeke, especially in the red zone. Uh, so I think this is actually going to be a chalk payout week, but we'll see. New England twenty-one point three implied points. The Jets eighteen point eight implied points. Of course, Brees Hall out for the year. James Robinson perhaps the backup. We'll see. Uh, Pete, I'll let you go first again because I don't know what we would want from this game. We did just get some news from Schefter. Corey Davis is going to be out for this game, but Elijah Moore is going to play. So that's uh, that's kind of interesting here. I want to do something with Garrett Wilson. Uh, I'm ready to get back on the Garrett Wilson train. I think the Jets are going to be down. They're going to have to pass. Um, Elijah Moore is dusty. Corey Davis not playing. What should I do? Can I get – how about this? 10-pointer Garrett Wilson outscores Ramondre Stevenson. All right, I'm seeing Ramondre. I think he's got to outscore him by, it looks like, three or three-ish. I'll, I'll say three. What do you have it at? Uh, Stochastic has Ramondre just under 18. They have Garrett Wilson at 18, at 11.4. And that's All with right. Corey Davis in. Okay, ha- outscores by three points? Yeah, I think that seems fair. Okay. Um, and it's worth pointing out, they have been trying to feed Garrett Wilson when he's been out there. 17% intended target rate when he's actually playing a snap. Um, he just hasn't been playing enough snaps, so that could be a wise move by Pete there. Um I will say Ramondre Steve. Oh, he's chalky, huh? Um, yeah. So his projection well, is 18. I, I, I think th- he's going to be in chat. He's going to be popular, but I don't think he's going to get like over 30%. I think he's the pivot point to Tony Pollard for some people. It's like him and Walker or Pollard, or I guess you pair those guys together. People got to be in that 6K range a lot in DraftKings either way. But I'll say Ramondre gets over 28 fantasy points this week. So that should be a 10-point spread. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay. Also, Lunchable Connoisseur just saw a homeless guy with his pants down to his ankles trying to order coffee slash crack in a drive through coffee shack. Cheers. And yet, I got his $10 today, Pete. And that's what... <laughs> that's where I... That's where I How, what do you mean he was trying to order crack? Like, he asked the barista for some crack with his iced latte? Yeah, I mean, you see, sometimes baristas carry some crack just in case you can make a deal. All right. <laughs> it's, like, it's the side hustle for being a barista, I think. Yeah. Next game up. Pittsburgh, 16.8 implied points. Philadelphia, 26.8 implied points. Pete, I mentioned that Alex was telling me at the gym this week, apparently a lot of the Eagles fans deeply concerned about the Steelers coming in with a win this week and upsetting their undefeated season. Uh, So keep that in mind when you make your ride or die pick here. Uh, Yeah, this, uh, this is, we, we are so due for the AJ Brown, just mega eruption game. Give it to me. Give it to me right here. AJ Brown winning Millie maker lineup at 7,700 and sub 5% ownership. Okay. I like that one. Um, Kenny Pickett more total yards than Jalen hurts. Is that a 10 pointer? <laughs> it includes it. You're saying in total passing plus rushing yards yes. that, yeah, that's a 10 pointer. Okay, I'll take. I don't think that's likely to happen, but I'll I'll take it. Tennessee, twenty one point five implied points. Houston, nineteen implied points. I'm gonna go first for this one. I will say Brandon Cooks, who currently has a projection of fourteen. I think he beats that one by ten and and gets more than twenty four fantasy points in this game. Um, I see. Uh, I see the projection at sixteen. All right, I'll take over twenty six. I think he's gonna have a big day over twenty six. Okay. Um, trying to, uh, sneak one past me there. I mean, if you're going to get, what, what did you get for the Pollard one? Uh, for Pollard, I had what did you him say? over what? I think it was over 32 is where we landed. Okay. What, a, uh, can I get uh Derek Henry over 32 for 10? 
Yeah, I'll give that to you. I see stochastic projecting him at 20.5. So 32 seems very fair. Why are people? I thought people were going to be tripping over themselves to jam Henry versus the Texans this week. But is Pollard just distracting everyone from this matchup? I think it's the price point. I mean, Stochastic has 17% ownership going to Henry. So I think he's one of the payup options people will go to. But it's just like an easier play. And yeah, I think you're making a good point that if the ownership does get closer to like 10 instead of 20, Derrick Henry probably is a very good play. Yeah. Interesting. Um, here we go. <laughs> was, was the homeless guy drafting a BR team? He should. Every homeless person should be playing DFS <laughs> to get out of their situation. That's what I'd say. San Francisco, 21.8 implied points. The Rams, 20.8 implied points. Pete, I will say this game uh, goes under by 10. I think this one goes under uh, 32 and a half points. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, this does feel like a very low scoring game. Can I get... Hmm. Try to think of, I want to do Debo Samuel outscores both Cooper Cup and Christian McCaffrey. Mm, oh, yeah, I think that's by, a, feels like a I'll, I'll give it, how about this, by two points. I feel like that's fair. Outscores both of them by two points. For okay, I would have given it to you, but I think, yeah, I think by two is even more fair. I'm seeing Debo with a 14 fantasy point projection. Cooper Cup at 22.3, so that actually two points is completely fair based on our standards. Okay. Um. George Kittle outscores Cooper Cup and Christian McCaffrey. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he has he even needs to spread on that one. I think that's just straight up. Uh, yeah. Giants, 20.8 implied points. Seattle, 23.8 implied points. What do you want in this one, Pete? Yeah, let's see here. For some reason, I feel like I've just been slightly higher on Marquise Goodwin than other people without mm-hmm. uh, DK Metcalf. Norris loves him too, for what it's worth. Okay. I feel like I feel like he's just going to slide in and play most of those DK Metcalf snaps. Mm. Um, I'll do a ten pointer. Marquise Goodwin outscores Kenneth Walker. Okay, that's an interesting one. I'll, I'll allow that one. That seems appropriate with the projections here. Kenneth Walker seventeen point seven. Marquise Goodwin eight point six. Projection from Stochastic. Um, I will say for my end. Um, what does Kenneth Walker have to outscore? So he has to outscore Goodwin by twenty then. That's outscore who good win by 20 to be a 10 pointer. Kenneth Walker has to outscore Goodwin by 20. Cause he's already um, like favored. Yeah. By nine. He's already a 10. Yeah. You would have to do, you'd have to do 20. You're that you want right. to direct. Leverage? Uh, I don't want to go that way. I think, um, Wandale Robinson outscores all of the Seattle pass catchers. Is that a 10 pointer? No. Okay. Outscores them by five. Yeah, so you're saying outscores Lockett individually by five, Goodwin by more than five. Yep. Um. Yeah, I'll give you that. Okay, that feels like that feels like one of the ten pointers we're going to look at next week. You're going to go, motherfucker! Why did I let that through? <laughs> Maybe. I'm open. Maybe projection wise, I have to give it to you though because it does not even just straight up for to outscore Lockett. I think by five would have been about a 10 pointer. And then you're also giving me outs with Marquise Goodwin. So I got to allow it. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Damn it. I actually, so that wasn't that good of a bet. Never mind. Washington, 18.3 implied points. Taylor Heineke, once again, stepping up against Sam Ellinger, the replacement for Matt Ryan, who is hurt, but apparently Ellinger would have been starting anyway. Uh, low total in this one, Pete, but Sam Ellinger might pick up some steam because of the ownership, the rushing ability, the low price tag. What do you want in this game? Uh, sorry. What game? I got distracted. Uh, Washington, Indianapolis. Last one on the main slate. Ugh. 
Uh, yeah. You know what? So Karain has been like selling me. Uh, he he made this pitch on ship chasing, you know, because everyone's kind of down on what Ellinger is going to do for Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell and these short and intermediary routes. But he's selling me on Alec Pierce. Uh, and I know uh, you mm-hmm. love yourself some Alec Pierce. Mm-hmm. So let's say let's say this is because I think a lot of people are going to play Ellinger, but I don't think a lot are going to play him with Alec Pierce at forty six hundred. Um, let me see. What? How should I do this? Let's say. Let's just do, I'll do a 10 pointer. Um, Alec Pierce outscores Jonathan Taylor. We'll do something like that. Alec Pierce outscores Jonathan Taylor, you're saying? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll give you a 10 pointer for that. Um, hmm. Man, not a lot to love in this matchup on paper to me. Um, Taylor Heineke outscores all of the Colts. Is that a 10 pointer? Uh, every single Colt? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not that far off because JT's projection is pretty in check. But if you include Pittman, Ellinger, and JT, I think that's a 10. Okay, yeah. That feels like a a gross one, but I'll take it. Sunday night football. Green Bay, 18.8 implied points. Buffalo, 29.3 implied points. This one's tough because I know an optimizer is going to give you five bills and one packer. And normally I would say just don't do that build then because that seems to be the way to win on showdowns from what I've been observing. Um but I think it's still the move. So who gets there as a captain then? Devin Singletary showdown winning captain. Galaxy brain. So uh, I was worried you're going to take who I want. I want Josh Allen captain oh, here. Oh, man. All right. Yeah, that's that's. You don't, do you, you don't want to go check out the Run the Sims captain rate for Josh Allen right now? What What is what's the number? I don't have it logged in on this piece. 35% optimal captain. Woof. Devin Singletary at 8.3%. Suck it, Spags. <laughs> wow, Pete. <laughs> you really showed me with your talk to us, Alan. Wow. <laughs> oh, big I mean, we got to get the get the victories where we can. Can't wait to see your cope with Josh Allen as the captain on Monday, Pete. <laughs> All right, here we go. Follow at Splash Play Pod, guys. Of course, you can see whenever we're doing shows here, flagship shows with me and Pete every Friday in the morning at 10 a.m.-ish, sometimes a little early. So come in early, wait for us. We'll be starting basically the second we get into the stream yard room, so hang out for that. I'm doing my own streams Monday, Wednesday, Thursday on this channel as well, Mondays and Thursdays, showdown-focused, but also some other stuff, panic rankings, tier maker, great, a content creator's godsend. That'll be coming up on Monday, and the NBA streams on Wednesdays. So if you want to hang out with me, do some big NBA slates. That'll be on Wednesdays. Pete, you're going to SiriusXM in eight minutes here ready for some start sits ready for some trade questions i hope yep matthew calls in on fridays as well we get to talk to him about his love hate for the week and then at 2 p.m my weekly gpp strategy show with jm to win Mm. uh always enjoy that get good feedback on that so if you are in the dfs streets this week i think you'll enjoy that and then like i said uh later this afternoon i'm guessing like 4 p.m. Eastern-ish. We're going to hop in the uh, Deposit Kingdom Discord in a voice chat room and uh, rip off some Battle Royales, talk some strategy with the Badge Bros. Anyone is welcome to join us in there. Yeah, of course. Go check out the Deposit Kingdom. I think there's a link in the description to do that. Of course, subscribe to the channel as well before you go. Come back next week. Otherwise, guys, enjoy your week. Go check out Pete on Sirius in a mere seven minutes. We'll see you guys again soon. Good luck. (laughs) 